Welcome in everyone, this is the full 10 Yards podcast where every yard counts. Special podcast here for you today, we're talking to Roger Goodgroves as we take uh, take a view on the NFL in the eyes of the Zebras, the guys in black and white out on the field. So no doubt uh, some of you fans out there have felt pretty aggrieved at some of the decisions, so hopefully we can uh, kind of peel back the curtain a little bit on the refereeing decisions and kind of how it's gone from an officiating standpoint. But before we do that, it's happy, it's hump day isn't it today, Wednesday, so why not treat yourself to 10% off at NFL Shop Europe and uh, you can get, I think there's free shipping at the moment on the site but if you're going to the Wembley games this Sunday and next Sunday as well you can get them delivered to the game as well so you don't even need to wait by your post box ladies and gentlemen use code full 10 at checkout treat yourself uh, because let's face it so Christmas is coming up maybe uh, you've got some friends maybe you've got some family that are in the NFL get some merch get some swag uh, and say get 10% off whilst you're doing it as well and whilst we're talking of going and checking things out check out the website full10yards.com where takeaways uh, was put up yesterday by myself and tomorrow you'll have some look aheads as we look ahead to the week eight action and um, we've got we've got some college stuff and we obviously have some betting at the weekend as well uh, so plenty of stuff for your eyes and ears to get uh, stuck into on there but without any further ado ladies and gentlemen let's get into it let's bring up roger goodgrave on okay it's time to work it in our official aficionado i've been warning you for a couple of weeks that we'll be getting him on and i'm delighted to say fresh from his tottenham experiences which we'll get the insight into as well we welcome back roger goodgroves roger how are you doing thank you too yeah very good thank you very busy this time of the the year with all the nfl games going on in london mm, absolutely and uh, lots of stuff going on in the, in the nfl as well obviously with uh, officials i think it's fair to say i've been under the spotlight quite a little bit and uh, we've got, obviously... <laughs> i think that'd be fair yes <laughs> yeah, i think we've it's got... that time of year it seems to come around every every year about this time and the it all erupts and then hopefully it calms down again. <laughs> Absolutely. So certainly at the moment, Al Riveron's just turning up the bubbles in his, uh, in his hot tub, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure <laughs> on Al, I think. Uh, not sure what will happen there. Yeah. Okay, we will. Yeah, we will not go too much into that one. But um, I mentioned, obviously, Roger. You... I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, just a quick, quick mention. Obviously, on the in the Tottenham games, you're there as a, in a photography capacity. What was the, the experience like watching that? Watching the game there. Uh, brilliant. Um, it, it's so good for American football. Mm. Um, the stadium is perfectly designed. I've walked around through the stands when it was empty and there isn't a bad seat in the house. Um, from a photography point of view, the end zone literally ends and then the stand begins. Yeah. So we're hemmed in behind the goalpost for about a yard and uh, we're so close to the play there. It's just unbelievable. Mm. And the crowd, as a result, are just behind us mm. uh, over our top of our heads. And, and, you know, they get a great view. And the noise in that stadium is just phenomenal, mm. much louder than Wembley. And, of course, being the, the, the official part of you uh, inside, have you got to see a, a rare fair kick um, attempt? <laughs> it was funny, actually, because I was... Um, the gate, the half was winding down, and um, so I thought I'll nip back to the um, photographer's workroom and grab um, a spot of lunch. Um, they provide uh, a little bit of food, and um, so I thought I'll go and grab something before everybody gets in there. So I sort of wander down the sideline, thinking, "Yeah, this will just peter out the half." And um, as I walked into the um, workroom, I saw that they 
called a fair catch on the half, and I knew exactly what was going to happen. So I ran back out to the field. <laughs> <laughs> so the security guards are thinking, what is this guy doing? Yeah. But I, I wasn't going to miss it. This is a bit of history. Yeah, you know, one of these goes through. It just doesn't happen very often. Nice. In fact, the kick doesn't happen very often, let alone the successful kick. So mm. it was just great to be there and see a bit of history. Mm, absolutely. I think I vaguely remember one or two in my, in my uh, I suppose, relatively short career in watching uh, American football. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it certainly, certainly caught everyone off guard in the stadium and put some probably people watching it on Game Pass. Well. <laughs> yes, it did. I mean, most Americans have never seen it yeah. or at least don't understand what's, what's going on. It goes actually back to our rugby roots for American football. Um, so, you know, it's a bit like a mark kick, you know. You take the mark and then you can do something with it. Yeah. And that's exactly what a fair catch kick is. Yeah. So it goes back to the uh, rugby roots of the game. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, obviously the attention now turns to to Wembley. Are you attending those in uh, what capacity? Are you attending those in ph- 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 yeah, photographer again. Yeah. Um, so getting ready for a game there. Uh, you sound so deflated, in the Roger. Dark for the first one. <laughs> you sound so deflated going from Tottenham to Wembley. <laughs> yes, um, it, it's funny actually because I mean Wembley's a great stadium, but Tottenham has just set set the bar now. So yeah. I'm a little uh, sort of. Underwhelmed now by Wembley. <laughs> it's sad to say because it is a great place. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, I'll say I'll be down for one of those as well. So maybe we can, we can, maybe we can meet Good. beforehand and have a beer or something like that. But, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I get there four hours before the game and have a look round uh, mm. pitch side while uh, everything's warming up. So it's quite nice to see the stadium without any people in as well. Yeah, yeah I bet, I bet. Okay, or so crowd at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, more, more obviously, more pressing things uh, to to untangle in the in the world of the NFL. We've got a couple of listener questions as well, which we'll get through yeah. uh, as and when yeah. we go as we when we go through. But we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Roger, that the officials having a bit of a bad time of it recently. Uh, just, just wondering uh, to get your thoughts on why they've been under the microscope so much. Uh, well, I think there's a few things all added together. So let's just take the one that's really sort of erupted was the Lions game the other day. Yeah. Um, so there were a couple of calls that went against the Lions in crucial times. And looking again at the calls in slow motion, you think, Okay, I can see why the call was made, but it was inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Certainly one of the hands to the face call. One of them, the league supported, there was some contact with the face guard. Um, on the other one, it looked, if you look from the, the, the umpire's slot, it looked like the hand was pushing the head back, but it was actually on the shoulder pad, so it wasn't a foul. But, you know, officials have got one view from one angle, uh, they're going to call what they think they see. Mm. Um, so, unfortunately, it went against the Lions and caused a bit of an upset. Add that to a couple of other things that happened in the game um, where people weren't happy. But, you know, it happens. They come around like that. Yeah. So, uh, sometimes just games seem to have more calls and the attention is on the calls rather than the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit like the Browns game the other day where... Um, Baker Mayfield was complaining about the officiating, mm. but he threw three interceptions. Um, <laughs> you know, so he's saying, should the referees be fine for their inaccurate calls? Well, should he be fine for throwing an incomplete pass? Because that's the equivalent. Oh, yeah. You know, he's not doing his job correctly. The officials didn't do their job correctly. But suddenly, you know, the officials should be fined. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Maybe he's, uh, he's feeling a bit too dangerous. Maybe who knows? Um, but obviously, <laughs> yeah, it, it comes under the spotlight mainly because coming into the season, the big the big storyline was the fact that you can now you know, challenge pass interference on on both sides of the ball. Yes, so I, th- I think which what, is a. I was just going to say before you... said on a previous um, podcast, you know, that's a a real difference 
for the replay's review because previously replay had been factual. Did he step out of bounds? Yeah. Did he lose possession of the ball, etc.? Not a judgment call. And this is the first real judgment call that's come under the replay system. So inevitably, it's going to get a bit of attention. <laughs> but rightly, I think some bad attention. And I'll come on to that if, if you've got some specifics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I suppose as well, just touching back onto the Detroit Lions at Green Bay game. Do, do you feel that the introduction of being able to challenge a subjective call doesn't help with the, you know, the hands-to-the-face type stuff because now everyone's just going to keep calling for the, you know, these kind of things to, to be included as well and then you, you, you open up a whole can of worms, aren't you? Yeah, and, and it does become a can of worms as well. So if we go back to why pass interference was introduced in the first place, it was the championship game last year where there was a clear pass interference that should have been called and wasn't. Mm. So a knee-jerk reaction um, has brought in the review of pass interference. Now, I think the problem is that most people, including myself, expected the pass interference replays to be judged in the same way they would be on the field. Mm -hmm. But they're not. And that's the problem, I think, which is coaches are challenging what they would appear to be clear pass interference calls and finding they're actually losing the challenge. Yeah. Um, and Riveron and his team in Game Day Central are doing replays at a higher level of clear and obvious mm. than just, yes, it would have been passed interference if called on the field, yeah. if I'd have seen that at the time. Yeah. And I think that's where the problem is. If they simply had gone to say, you can challenge it and we'll, we'll rule it as we would do on the field, yes, it was past interference, yes, there's a flag. Mm. But they're actually having a different standard. Nobody knows exactly where that is, and that's the problem. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think Alan Mead, thanks for getting in touch as well. He says, obviously, what's the point? Yeah, obviously, yeah, part, part money. So I don't know if maybe his team's been at uh, the wrong end of this, but he's saying, what's the point of having a replay? <laughs> Often happens. Yeah, absolutely. What's the point of having replay for pass interference if they don't overturn anything unless it's as blatant as uh, the, 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 the play you mentioned there with the uh, Rams and the Saints game last season in the playoffs? Yeah, I'd agree um, with them. Yeah, I'd and agree I, I think, I don't know if you've got the exact stats there, Roger, but is it around like six, only six or seven have been overturned from about 40 yeah, challenges? Yeah, I, I mean, Let's take one thing first, which is calls aren't necessarily going to be overturned, mm -hmm. even by replay, you know, if an official looks at the call again. Because in order to overturn, you have to have clear and obvious evidence in the other direction. Yeah. Not just, mm, it might have been, or yes, it, mm, yeah, looks like it. It needs to be clear and obvious. So even a replay review of any play has got to say there's clear evidence that this wasn't what was called on the field. Mm -hmm. And with subjective calls, how clear does it need to be? It's the person's opinion. One person's opinion says this, another yeah. person's opinion said not quite. Yeah. And that's one of the issues that we, we face generally with officiating is trying to make sure that crews call the same things. Yeah. And if we get time, we'll talk about holding the increasing calls this season generally, mm -hmm. um, because that's one of the areas where there have been more calls actually made. And I can explain the reason why. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Can we do that now? Uh, yeah, we can do it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the people who make the rules aren't the referees. They're the competition committee. And we've talked on a previous podcast about who they are, but they're made up of the great and good of the sport, including coaches, managers, etc. Um, so they indicate to the officials via our river on what they want to have as an emphasis what they want to get rid of or get out of the game. And they will introduce guidance to the officiating department that says what they want to see. And last year's guidance, or coming into this season's guidance, was holding on the backside of the play that 
wouldn't normally get called by philosophy. Mm-hmm. They want to get rid of it yeah. more, and they therefore sent down a dictate that says we want to see this called. Referees will, will do what they're told to do by the competition committee and by the, their bosses, their supervisors, and if they're told this needs to be picked up more, they'll throw more flags on it, because if they don't, they'll get downgraded. If they get downgraded, they miss playoff assignments, or if they get downgraded too much, they get thrown out of the game. They mm. get sacked. Mm. <laughs> get sacked not like not in the uh, not like the instances of the quarterback um yeah i mean <laughs> not the, that type no man. absolutely i mean fired there, yeah absolutely um there, there have been some some games that i've seen this year and certainly the commentary have been a bit more uh have picked up in a, a lot more sharply there where you've got you've got passages of four five six maybe even seven plays in a row where you've got yeah, penalties yeah. after penalties and you know you can have three against the offense where they go back 30 <laughs> yards and then you get a, just a yeah. a five yard illegal contact against the defense and it's five yards automatic first down so um yeah it's, it's an interesting one isn't it well here's the problem so are you going to say, oh, we've had three already, so if the <laughs> offence actually do something wrong this time, we're not going to call it? No, exactly. Uh, there was one play recently where there were four or five um, in a row, mm. and on the sixth occasion, the commentator said, oh, yeah, that looks like it could have been a penalty. So they're, on the one hand, complaining that there's too many flags. On the other hand, they're saying, well, there could have been another one there. So do you call what you see... And really, that's down to the teams. If they don't foul, you don't get the flags. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, and I say Lee, Lee got in touch with us and said um, he, part part of it, um, going into the season, a lot of uh, established, should we say, officiating crews, certainly the main the main, um, the main main guys have, have retired, like Gene Sterritt, not Gene Sterritt. Yes, um, yeah, and gone to the, foot, uh, gone to the TV. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, do, do you think that maybe in, in, in such an influx of a lot of, Different new, uh, new officials are upgraded. I, I I'm not sure where the new guys have come from. If they've been promoted from from college or they're just new. Yeah, college division one college, basically mm. the big college thing. So they're not new officials. Let's be clear about this. Yeah, they're yeah. not guys that have been brought in off the street and given a bit of training. <laughs> These have been probably doing football for 20 years yeah. as officials. Um, certainly, uh, 10 years is not untypical and they've been on the big stages you know they've done college ball games these are not inexperienced officials they're inexperienced in the nfl and the nfl is faster the nfl has a slightly different rule set therefore they need to adjust to the way that it's done in the nfl Mm -hmm. um but they are not new officials so let's that's one thing but the NFL officials would say that it takes four or five years to settle into the NFL before right. you really hit your peak as an official. Yeah. So inevitably, you bring guys in, they're not quite at the standard that you would say that is their peak, and inevitably that's going to cause some issues. Mm-hmm. However, do I think that's the issue? No. Um, it potentially is going to be a bigger issue next year. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but there's a, a new contract negotiated um, between the referees and the league okay. that will come into play. And one of the conditions in that contract is if you've been there more than X number of years, you have the right to walk away with a severance payment. So there potentially will be quite a few senior officials who might take that opportunity to walk away, especially if the league come on and say, we want full-time officials, and they say, well, they don't want to be full-time, therefore they'll take the severance pay. So I think next year could be worse than this in terms Mm. of newer officials. Mm. And also on that subject, people are now calling for a sky judge. Now, I've called for this before, as you know. Um, In order to have that sky judge, you're going to need to have at least once a guy judge per officiating crew to go around with the crews to make up. So you can again bring in you know, 17 new um, people to the NFL. 
Um, so again, you're bringing another influx of newer people which need to get bedded in. So that also is a problem. Mm, yeah, no, no, absolutely. I say, hey, yeah, it's, 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 I'm not going to say it's going to get worse before it gets better, but it certainly doesn't help. Obviously, when uh, new, when new guys are coming in and uh, you know, college. No, indeed. College, college is slightly different, obviously. NFL with all the nuances and all the different, you know, they do, they do, they do a hard yep. job. Let's, let's, not, let's face it. Um, okay, let's, let's before we, uh, before we kind of get out of here, there's a couple of uh, plays or uh, a couple of instances that I kind of want to discuss to see how they've kind of played out in your perspective. We, we spoke yep. a, a while ago about, um, you know, players being called dead um, pr- prematurely. Yeah. Cam Jordan, obviously, being the big one in LA Week Two. Um, there, there was one on, on Sunday with Deshaun Watson in the uh, Indianapolis Houston game where he was deemed as uh, tackled before throwing a touchdown on third down to DeAndre uh, yeah. Hopkins. Just maybe want to talk through that one a little bit. Okay, so you've got two competing factors that you need to take into account here. So the big issue is safety. Once a player has no longer under his own control, he's a sitting target. And there's a safety element that says as soon as he's no longer in control of being able to move out of the way of somebody, he's in the grasp, shut it down before he gets hurt, especially with quarterbacks. <laughs> so that's on the one hand, you've got the safety element. And that's, I think, you know, where the side of the referee went. He said, you know, great play. He, he moved around, but he was growled, want of a better term. Yeah. Looked like, you know, he, he was not able to uh, get out of this one. He made a judgment call that said he was down. So that's one side. The other side is some of these players are tremendous athletes and they get out of situations you just wouldn't have thought they could ever get out of. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like that one, it turns around and he then throws what appears to be a touchdown. But of course, the referee by that stage has already made the decision, blown the whistle. If somebody hears that whistle, they might stop playing. So is that touchdown now invalid because the defense stopped? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's a judgment call. And mm. with all judgment calls, there will be a fine line to tread. Sometimes you'll tread too far one way. Mm. Absolutely. It's, it's quite an interesting play, you know, on, you know, even on the invalid part, because uh, there was a potential you know, case for, did he have the catch and did he fumble it and did he get punched out and all the rest of it? So uh, maybe yeah. maybe it was uh, it was handy for the officials that they didn't need to come to, to, to that part as well. So uh, Indeed. Yeah. It was a good job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, interesting play there. Nonetheless, uh, Paul Brown uh, from the yeah, Paul Brown podcast, says uh, wants to know a bit more about the Jarvis Landry uh, blindside block uh, against the Seahawks yeah hi Paul Brown um, <laughs> yeah this is one of the new rules that's been brought in this year so um, as you know um, and over the last few years they brought in more and more um, rules to try and prevent concussion type injuries so their uh, defenseless receiver has greater protection to blows to the head and neck area um, and this year they've introduced the blindside block. Now, you used to be able to do a blindside block legally. Yeah. Now, what is a blindside block? It's best described by when a, the, the play starts going one way and comes back in the other direction. You've then got people chasing from the defense, and the offense that were standing on that side of the field now become blockers and run into those people. Now, the people who are chasing down the change of direction play aren't looking in the direction of where those blocks are coming from. They're looking at the guy they're chasing down. That makes them vulnerable. So the league have introduced, along with the same for NCAA, have introduced similar rules, and high school used to have this rule anyway, is that for blindside, you now can't have a forcible block with head, shoulders, or forearm. You can blindside block by shielding, by using your hand to push, but in the case of the Jarvis Landry, 
it's marginal, but he does drop his shoulder and make forcible contact with the guy that's coming parallel to the line of scrimmage, chasing the play that's coming from the other side. I can see why it's called. It is correct under the new rule set. I don't quite like it, but Jarvis could have stopped himself actually getting offensive just by standing there. He achieves the same exact objective, or he pushes his hands out to push the guy down. Mm. He gets the block. He doesn't need to try and wipe the guy out, and that's what they're trying to prevent. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Safety, obviously, at the forefront of pretty much anything now that gets implemented uh, in, in the NFL. But yeah, thanks to thanks to everyone though, there that got in touch with us with, with some of those questions. I say, I know Roger is uh, more than welcome to discuss anything, and you can get in contact with him on, on, on Facebook or on Twitter at Roger Goodgrave. Roger, anything from a, an official perspective that has gone well this this season from your from your point of view? Because it's, it's easy to talk about all the stuff, all the things that they get wrong. <laughs> The thing is, when officiating goes well, you don't notice the officials. No, exactly. And an ideal game would be when you come off the field and say, that was a great game of football and you don't know that, that we were official crew there. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, when the officials become part of the story, that's not a good day for officiating. No. But sometimes it's the teams. I mean, somebody um, on Facebook was querying a couple of weekends ago, um, Dallas-Green Bay game, mm. and said, you know, was it right that Dallas had 165 yards of um, penalties and Green Bay only had 65 or something like that? I did an analysis quickly on the uh, NFL Game Pass condensed game to see the, what the flags were. There were very few actual difference in number of flags thrown. Um, one total um, difference, so 11 against Ellis, 10 against Green Bay. So it's not like the referees throwing particularly one-sided. Yeah. What killed Dallas was the flags that were thrown were big penalties. So mm-hmm. long pass interference or some unsportsmanlike conduct mm-hmm. or personal fouls uh-huh. carrying 15-yard penalties. Even had one on the coach complaining on the sideline. So, you know, I looked at the penalties. They're all solid bar one. You can think, mm, maybe that shouldn't have been called. But mm. you know, it's a, it wasn't a one-sided game in terms of the referees only throwing penalties on one side. And certainly the fouls that were thrown, uh, penalties that were thrown, they uh, they were deserved. So mm. unfortunately, sometimes a bad team gets lots of penalties. Well, I would say I think there's quite a few uh, few teams out there that have been pretty bad. I know Cleveland have been pretty bad this season, and uh, so whether or not you, if you're a Detroit fan, I know there's not that too many out there, but uh, they obviously feel quite aggrieved uh, re- in, re- recently as well. So it's just yeah, hopefully, hopefully one day it goes the other way. Unfortunately, you know when you get a number of penalties that go against your team, you start to look at the officials and say, are the officials corrupt or anything? <laughs> well, the officials are analysed every single play, yeah. every call and every no call is analysed by their supervisor. They get graded on all the calls and they make lots of decisions on every play and they grade out about 96% correct. So there is a margin of error and they are human. At the end of the day, what's happened with high definition replay is that you're now able to see some of those calls you may not have been able to see so clearly previously where they would have just gone, well, that happened, let's move on to the next play. Now you're able to see it. So they make mistakes. Players make mistakes. Mm. Players rock balls. Guys throw interceptions. um, Wrong pass coverage is put in place or whatever. So, you know, we all on the field make errors. Uh, We're not perfect in anything we do. And unfortunately, it's just highlighted. The occasional errors that are, are highlighted greater. No, absolutely. I say it's just a lot easier to blame the referee, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's a common thing. When people lose, they often look for a scapegoat. They don't want to to blame themselves for the fact that they didn't play very well. No, absolutely. And to say, I don't know if you've noticed as well, Roger, that 
do, do you think that there's kind of a, I'm not going to say there's a culture in there now, but some players or certain teams would can sell, can sell fouls a bit more, like, you know, hands to the face or, you know, blocking in the back. And, you know, did, I'm not necessarily saying they, they, they're throwing themselves to the floor like footballers do, but do you think <laughs> no, that there's... it's definitely there's... not like soccer, is it? <laughs> no. no. I thank God for that as well. Well, that's my next question. Do, do you think that, uh, you know, uh, with with some of those players that do buy the fouls by you know let's say adding adding a bit of extra curricula, do you think that that's something that might need to be nipped in the bud at an early stage? Or to be honest, no. no. I mean the, these things even now, uh, the referees are looking very specifically in terms of what is a foul and what isn't. Yeah. So you know it doesn't matter if somebody looks like they might have been held unless they saw a restriction. It's not there. Mm-hmm. You know. Player puts his hand up, claiming to be held nearly on every play. Yeah, yeah. But the referee's looking for the contact and seeing if that actually caused restrictions. So, mm. you know, they may try and uh, kickers are uh, probably the most prone yeah. to this. You know, yeah. they look like um, they've been Punters. fouled running into the kicker or roughing the kicker. Yeah. You know, they do a dive. So, anything like soccer is the kickers. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, yeah, yeah no, yeah. All right, well, I think I'll say no, no, no doubt. At uh, some point later in the season, Roger, we'll uh, we'll get you to break down some more, some more interesting calls, or maybe some funky rules uh, do come into play. But really appreciate obviously yeah, your time coming pleasure. on. Uh, and I say we wish you all the best, and hope you get some good, uh, good photos at Wembley, despite it being a, yeah, su- thanks such, very much. A, such, Cheers, a, such a downgrade to Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> Many thanks to Roger there for spending a bit of time with us. Always love having him on. Roger, thank you so much for that. If you want to get in touch with Roger any, about any call, he's always happy to go back and have a look for you, give it from the referee's perspective. You can do so on Twitter at uh, Roger Goodgrose, uh, and he's widely available in, the, uh, in the, the, the Facebook groups as well. So go and do that. But that's going to wrap it up for today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend as well. Get, uh, get the word out there. Full 10 Yards is the place to be for all your American football needs, whether it be NFL, which will be back in your ears tomorrow college fantasy or indeed uh, Britball we'll get some uh, small Britball ones coming up shortly for you as well but until tomorrow when NFL will be back in between your ears it's goodbye from me it's bye bye for now bye bye thanks for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.